0: ultimately i think you can have it all i don't think that you have to pick success or being famous in your home or a relationship with your wife i think you can have it all and in fact i know you can because i feel like i have it all in that sense and not like from a like narcissistic standpoint but it's achievable but along with that having it all you're not going to have the best in every area you're just not you're not going to be number one
1: When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy, but the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make, but you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast, Where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go.
2: Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Brandon Poulin, a believer, husband, father, entrepreneur, and investor, someone whose journey is as inspiring as it is enlightening. In our conversation, Brandon opens up about his unique perspective on successfully navigating the intricate dance between family and business. His journey through the world of business has led him to a profound realization the power of intentionality. He believes that intentionality is not just a choice, but a cornerstone of achievement and fulfillment, and that's exactly what we're here to explore today. As we delve into Brandon's experiences, we'll uncover the valuable insights he's gained on parenting and the imperative of intentional guidance. Grounded in his unwavering Christian faith and guided by timeless biblical teachings, Brandon sheds light on how his commitment to intentionality shapes the way he raises his children. He draws from his own upbringing, finding inspiration in the actions of his parents. Ever heard of being famous in their home? It's a concept that resonates deeply with Brandon and his family, aligning seamlessly with their belief in achieving monumental success while keeping family and relationships at the forefront. We'll also take a deep dive into their approach to technology, especially when it comes to iPads and screen time. Get ready for a unique strategy called the Stall Timer, a creative tool that harnesses technology to foster positive behavior. In this conversation, we shine a spotlight on the impact of online gaming and the pressing need for clear technology boundaries for kids. Brandon brings to the forefront the undeniable consequences of not being fully engaged in our children's lives and emphasizes the absolute importance of intentional bonding. But here's where it gets really interesting. Brandon draws captivating parallels between parenting and the world of business, underlining the necessity of planning and unwavering consistency. And that's not all. He'll share a tantalizing sneak peek into his very own podcast, Big Business Mistakes, where he generously imparts his wisdom on business expansion and personal growth. Plus, he's graciously offering access to a complimentary audit tool through their website, a resource meticulously designed to address every essential facet of business operations. So grab your favorite drink, find a comfortable spot, and tune in as we embark on an insightful journey into intentional living.
1: All right, guys, I am so excited because today we get to talk to someone who has been blowing up my newsfeed with some of the best content I've seen in a really long time. So Brandon, thank you so much for coming on.
0: I'm pumped. Well, parenting's two to four. I got a two and a four-year-old, so a little newer at that game. But uh, I'll do my best here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, here's here's the thing: is I think we have to have like a a credo or know where we stand. And sometimes in parenting, you know, you get thrown in the midst of it, and you have littles, and littles can be a lot, right? Especially if you've lived your life mostly doing everything for yourself, and then you have this little one that needs you for everything. And then sometimes we end up not being as intentional. And what I see coming from you and from Kaylin is that you're working really hard on being intentional. Would you say that's accurate?
0: Yeah, definitely. I try to be intentional with everything because otherwise you just kind of blow back and forth with the wind, right? Yeah. And uh, and you might do something here. You might pick up something there. But I think if you don't like take action on it and you be intentional, it doesn't really matter what you've learned, right? So I would say so.
1: Do you feel like you've been an intentional person your whole life or is that like a lesson you learned and it changed everything about you to where you became intentional?
0: I think I became intentional after, uh, about a network marketing, like in my, my like pre business life, I was just like such a loser kid. (laughs) (laughs) Like I quit, I quit everything in high school. I was lazy. It was like, if it wasn't super easy for me. Cause I was always pretty smart and like things just picked up quick. And so if it wasn't super easy, I was out. Right. So I think, uh, when I got in the business world, I realized that it's going to take some grit. And then I started being more intentional because I just knew that's what it was going to take, you know? Wow.
1: And so you think that that intentionality bred success, which taught you that intentionality is an, is an awesome
0: thing, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's like, it's like anyone can say they want to do something or learn about something or complain about something there's plenty of people doing that uh that's for sure uh-huh. but it takes it takes the intention it's like okay what do i want to change what's the outcome what's the goal reverse engineer it from there and and then and then ultimately it'll just boil down to like a habit so so we have like a whole process we go through for our life right strategic planning in the business planning in the family planning in our marriage my wife and i and then planning with our kids is like a new element cuz now they're we we've planned things have been intentional since they were born like sleeping and and eating and the food they eat and all this kind of stuff but now it's like intellectual now cuz like our 4-year-old is there we're having conversations we're teaching her things so it's like a whole new level super I fun. love
1: that so much so what does that actually look like practically in your life if you're into, i know you obviously you have conversations and y'all talk about it but do you like have a time frame where you like systematize it to where you're like making sure you're staying on what you're thinking the plan is for your kids?
0: Yeah. Well, it, so it's, it starts with, we have a family alignment that we do it once a week. And so that's like at the table breakfast, Saturday morning, and we go through a series of things about, so we actually have a family mission, vision, and values. And so we're in the process of teaching those to our four-year-old, right. That's so And powerful. trying to hold her attention long enough. So we get a little <laughs> nugget out and then you know, so so the meetings are short these days, but uh, so that's a part of it. you know i I'm intentional with just being a dad, right? And so that's like what that looks like is in the mornings, I have breakfast with both my kids and and so that's like our time in the morning, right? Like, I'm mm-hmm. intentional about that time. like I don't hit my desk until like i'll I'll sneaky work in the morning, like gym and 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 prayer and all that stuff in the morning, and then it's like, all right, breakfast time, intentional kind of try to set their minds right, make it a great day, like not have a great day, like make it a great day, Mm, you know, if they're like emotionally distraught, I'm like trying to deal with, you know, what's going on. Some, some days are easier than others. You know, I don't want to go to school. Why not talk through it kind of thing. That's like my opportunity to do that. And then actually after my work day, at the end of the day, I have that intentional time with my girls while Caitlin cooks dinner. Right. Oh, I love that. So it's about the only normal thing that we do is she cooks dinner. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like with all the other things, like, like, like I don't touch anything in my house. I don't touch it. I don't touch dishes, laundry. But the only thing normal in our house is that Kaylin cooks dinner. <laughs> so we love that.
1: And I know that she's got to love that you're clearing the kitchen for her because some one of the hardest things yeah. whenever your kid, if you aren't like actively trying to have your kids involved in like whatever meal you're making, it's maddening because you're trying to cook and there's kids all over the place. So I know she's got to love that.
0: Yeah. Like one, one of our questions as an alignment, as a couple is like, what, what can I do? That'll bless you. And so she was like, when you take the kids when I'm cooking dinner, cause it's like her time to just like unwind de-stress after the day. And then like, she enjoys cooking and I like eating her food, like <laughs> DoorDash every night, you know, not really my favorite thing. It's like warm. I call it warm food. You mm-hmm. know, it's good, but it's just warm. But when you get hot food that's cooked in your house, that's like homemade, so that's like a whole different story with her. It's like, like, like we go to nice restaurants, and I don't think like they don't usually she's right there. She's wow. with the chef, the chef, you know, Francois or whatever you want to, you know, what <laughs> whatever chef they got, she's on par. So Oh, so yeah, that's in, awesome. I'm in I'm intentional for sure at at that time after work with them. And then it's funny you said the word intentional because it's literally on my calendar as the word is intentional time with girls and so sometimes it'll be uh my oldest daddy i want to go for a scooter ride like yesterday she just like kicked her scooter and i just pushed the other kid in the wagon and uh man she was killing on that scooter i was like she's like oh i got a workout should we do (laughs) another workout she watches (laughs) me work out you know (laughs) so so there's a there's a bunch of different stuff. I could spew off the whole, the whole uh, <laughs> SOP, but but yeah, I think you have to be that way. Otherwise, it's too easy to just like, you know. Especially we have a nanny, so it's really easy to be like, oh, can you stay extra hours or yes, like just mm-hmm. to not engage. But I've yep. always been intentional since day one. It was like I'm not going to be the dad who's going to babysit my kids. I'm just like, yeah, leave. Like I know how to be a dad. I know what diapers they're wearing. Like where their clothes are. I know how to give them their medicine or whatever they're taking. Like, I know all those things and I want to know all those things because I'm not going to, I'm not going to outsource being a parent because it's actually pretty, it's pretty wild. I've interviewed a lot of nannies and when you talk to them and you ask them like, what's a problem or like a conflict that you've dealt with. And a lot of times it's like the kids become so attached to the nanny because the parents just, they just get busy and then they outsource parenting essentially.
1: Yes. And, you know, I I think that um, that's something that actually a lot of people to terms with and come to face is, do I outsource the dishes or do I outsource sitting down and playing Legos with my son? And it it seems like it's a no brainer on which option you're actually going to choose. But you said something really awesome on one of your videos. And you talked about how in reality, sometimes it's a lot harder, uh, like business is a lot easier than turning away from the computer and facing what's going on at home. Uh, Essentially, you were saying like, sometimes it's harder to connect with your kids than it is to solve a problem on, on, on the computer, or maybe it's a webinar or whatever it might be. And, you know, whenever you really feel that, especially whenever you're spent after working and you feel like you don't have any energy to give, then it's, sometimes it's just easier to say, yeah, why don't you go to the movies with your nanny? Or why don't, you know, you go with your cousin or, or whatever, but man, don't our kids suffer for that? I mean, not that that can't happen, obviously. But what actually made you decide, like, where does this come from? As, as Brandon, you're making all of these intentional parenting decisions, which I think are amazing. And I know they are got to be so inspiring to everybody listening. But why are you making those decisions? What in you, if you can't identify it, where, where does that come from? Why? I know everybody wants to be a good parent, but you're obviously making decisions that some other people choose not to make decisions. Why do you think that is?
0: That's a great question. I think the why behind most of everything I do has a, a biblical foundation as a Christian. So that's the why that drives it. So there's a few things like train up your child in the way that they should go and they won't depart from it when they're older. So if I don't have a relationship with my kids, then I can't influence and train them in the way that they should go. Cause they're not going to listen to me if they don't have a, if I don't have a relationship the right. same way, yeah. uh, prospect isn't gonna buy from you if you don't have rapport it's the same thing right so putting it in the entrepreneur context and so if i don't have a relationship then i can't i'm not gonna have influence right i'll just have authority but that authority is gonna run dry at probably age 10 right they say like one to five it's you're the caretaker five to ten you're the cop 10 to 18 you're the coach and so if you don't have rapport you can't be a coach so I think I, I'm sowing seeds now for the future, for sure. And why else does it? Just because I have a desire to connect with my kids. Maybe I mean I had good parents. Like my parents divorced when I was two, but they were both great parents. Like they mm. they loved me, they supported me, they challenged me. They they're still in my life. I still communicate with them. My dad's one of my best friends. So I think there's probably like seeing it modeled. And not everything I do a lot of things differently from what they did, but. I think like, why do I, it's such a great, I've never really thought about that question before. Yeah, I think it comes from, I want them to be successful. I want, truthfully, truthfully, I think also, um, like I, I reap so much from those relationships. Like I'm mm-hmm. in the house with my kids. They're going to be with me for 18 years. Mm-hmm. So I know that like you reap where you sow. And so if I don't reap, if, if I don't sow into the relationship with them, then I'm not going to re- reap anything, and then it's like, oh, you're just like raising someone in your house, and it's like, it becomes <laughs> like an obligation and not a relationship. So oh, yes. So th- and there's a lot. And to I'm that. sure.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people have actually, uh, especially once you get into those older years where you you there is that struggle, and sometimes it could feel like an obligation. And I talk to a lot of parents, you know, not necessarily the ones on this podcast per se, but just in general, talking to a lot of lot of parents and. Many of them, they are functioning almost in that obligatory role where it's like, I got to do this or, yeah, my kid needs me to whatever, whatever. And, and they aren't actually living in the fruit or the flow of intentional parenting and, and seizing those moments because I think they feel like they're just in survival mode. And a lot of that, I think, comes from what you mentioned about the relationship. And I always say, you know, rules without relationship is going to equate to a rebellion, you know? And mm, I think yeah, that's, that's so true in a lot of different ways. And so factoring in and, and looking at how do we pour into our kids and how do we truly build relationship with our children while they're in our home. And I love that you said that, you know, your parents were, were great parents. And even though you came from a home that was a divorce home, what were the things as you were growing up? Cause here you are, you're this entrepreneurial man, right? And you know, you said you were, you said you were previously a loser. Um, But like you, you felt like you've gone through this journey, right? And whenever you look back to your, your parents and how they raised you, what were the things that stand out to you about what they did right, that you're bringing into your parenting now? Like, can you think of something like whenever you think back to being in your home with your parents, when were the times when you felt loved, when you felt seen, or it was really impactful for you?
0: Yeah. Well, my dad gave up his business in California when they divorced and moved back to Albuquerque where my mom was and where where i was because like he was traveling back and forth and when they divorced he basically gave up his business out there to come back because he wanted to be in our lives so he represented himself in the courtroom he fought for equal time and uh and he didn't get it at first. he got some at first and then he eventually got equal time and uh so i think just seeing him and feeling like i was worth fighting for
1: yes right
0: i think like just and, and then being an, an, as an entrepreneur now and knowing the um the allure of success and how it can just pull you as a man and and your desire for that, and really it's your own ambitions and it's it's what you want, right and so mm-hmm. like love is self-sacrificing by nature that's the the definition is it's putting someone else's needs first and so he showed that in that way, and I understand it so much more now. Being an entrepreneur. So I think that was huge for me. Um, my mom always, so she was an educator, right? She was a principal. So she educated a bunch of grades and then got into administration and ran schools. And so she supported me dropping out of school as a junior in high school because I was bored, because I didn't want to do it, because the senior year of school was just like literally a just you just goof off basically. And I was like, I don't want to waste my time doing that. I want to get to like what I want to do right? And so she supported me dropping out of school. And so what principle? And so it's just like, so I think, I think my dad's just sacrificing commitment in that way. And then my mom just always supporting me and being like, yeah, if you want to do it, like (laughs) she gave me, she gave me like $500. And I signed a straight up for a pyramid scheme, not like a legit network marketing company, like an actual pyramid scheme. It was like extreme postcard profit system you like buy the postcards from us and then mail them to people and then they buy their system. And it was like an actual pyramid scheme. And I was wow. like 16 years old. I was like, mom, it's like, I got this thing. And I I never even sold one, but like, she still gave me the money. you Wow. Know? So, so uh, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The, um, that reminds me actually of, uh, two things, Matt Vrain's actually, there's another podcast. Actually, they were, um, episode six that just pa- aired just past Russell Brunson's, uh, episode. And He talked about how he has taken that exact thing into his parenting and how successful it's been. He's raised two kids that, ah, I'm probably going to quote this wrong, but like they're both under 21 years old and both of them are multimillionaires and of their own fruition, their own businesses that they started themselves. And it all started because he wasn't scared to finance their failure. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so powerful. So they would come up with these ideas that they wanted to do. And, and he would finance them and he knew this is probably not going to work, but I'm actually paying for my kids to learn a lesson so that they can take that on to the next one and that they can be successful. And I was like, Oh God, it's so powerful. So if you're listening, I recommend go back, listen to Matt and the interview with Matt and Jen Vrains, just incredible people and have done an incredible job with their kids as well as build their own incredible businesses. But The second thing, I was like, oh my gosh, I actually dropped out my junior year for the exact same reasons. And I actually went into computers. Yeah. Did you get your GED
0: though? Did you get your GED? I got my GED.
1: I did. Yes. Me too. Me too. Yep. I went, I was like, I quit. I got my GED and I went into a school for network engineering and management. So it was like a diploma. I wasn't as, I didn't realize I was an entrepreneur at that time. And so, but I knew I was geeky techno. Like I wanted to like be able to hack server rooms and crazy stuff. So that's so funny. (laughs) The things we do. Cybercrime. (laughs) I know. But my mom, you know, she supported me in that too. She was kind of out of it at that time in my journey, just because she was so sick. But like, she supported me in that and trusted me, which when I look back on it now, that's crazy. You know what I mean? What we're like 17 years old. I think I was 16 when I made the decision. I turned 17 by the time it actually, I actually dropped out. But like, I think about my 17 year old right now. And like, if they came to me with this, I'd be like, what? You want to what? You know? So I can only imagine what it took for her to trust me and let me make that choice and that decision because it's not necessarily the thing you want your kid to come to you and say, Hey, I want to drop out of high school. But yep. the same reasons, man, Brandon, I was sick of it. I was like, this is a rat race. These teachers don't care. This is a waste of my time. I don't want to be here. I know what I want to do. Like, let me go. Yeah. <laughs> and she did. She let me go. And that was incredible. So I want to ask you, so you have this, I am going to quote you because that was off of one of your videos that I love the most. And you said um, that you have adapted a lifestyle belief system that equates to We'll never be the most successful people because we choose to prioritize other things, right? So we're talking about in business. And you said, I want my children to know who I am. I want my kids to know who daddy is, not just daddy wakes up, goes to work, then comes home late at night and kisses them on their head at night. Um, that's not who I want to be. I want to be famous in my house. And I don't know if you heard that quote from somewhere, if that's a full-on branding quote, but I freaking <laughs> love it. I want to be famous in my house. Can you talk to me about how you came to that terminology and like, what are your thoughts around that? Because I know that a lot of people want that, but you know, it's hard to recognize and, 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 um, just kind of get yourself okay with the fact of like, I'm, we're in this whole hustle culture of, you know, business, but like. Where is enough enough to where I can reprioritize? Because you also talked about that, that sometimes that we're sacrificing for the future over and over again. But the reality is, is that if you're a true entrepreneur, typically your horizon is always gonna move. So when is enough enough for you to reprioritize your family? Because there's this sacrificial culture of like everything for the future, but when is enough enough? And so I love that you guys have identified this and you're like, hey, there are gonna be people who are more successful than us. They're gonna have more money than us. But I could care less, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You nailed it. Yeah, definitely th- the famous in my home. I heard it somewhere. I don't remember where I heard it. <laughs> it's that's how uh, that's how quotes are these days, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> we don't know where anything came from. Actually, it's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's all been ripped off so many times. It's like so on this concept. Uh, so here's here's my thought on on that is that ultimately, I think you can have it all. I don't think that you have to pick success or being famous in your home or a relationship with your wife. I think you can have it all. And in fact, I know you can because I feel like I have it all in that sense. And not like from a like narcissistic standpoint, but it's achievable. And so, but along with that, having it all, you're not gonna have the best in every area. You're just not. Like people look at, you know, like Michael Jordan and. Jeff Bezos and they look at these guys and it's like they absolutely sacrifice everything, everything to get to where they are and most of the time people are like yeah they're not really that nice of people like they're just like they're intense they're focused and we celebrate that and that's great right i think we should celebrate achievement and discipline right um uh, but but you have to at some point just recognize if you want to have it all you're not gonna be number one in in business or in that area, and first of all, like you're not gonna be number one anyways, probably <laughs> unless you're you're you've got the next Facebook or like that's your next Amazon and you've got a thirty year time horizon, and all of the <laughs> yeah. world's forces come together and the timing and the team and blah there's so many variables, all that so ultimately, yeah, like I don't really care if I'm a billionaire, like do I want to be sure like am I working towards? Optimizing every area in business, and do I leverage team, and do I uh, have vision, and am I in industries that like have big opportunity? Yes, right. But at some point, you just like have to be okay with the fact that like if that's all you want, you want nothing else. You're gonna have a better shot, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like the the guy next to me is gonna have a better shot because ultimately it's like it's efficiency of time times output of time equals productivity, and so Mm -hmm. that's the formula. And so the output of time is never going to be as much as the guy next to me. I'm just not going to do it because I'm going to allocate my time to other things that I prioritize and I think are better. Right. I think. And so it completes a, it completes the picture of life for me. And so I'm not in a, in a rat race to accumulate as much status wealth as possible, you know, to then just, you know die. And then your family squanders it two generations later. Right. I'm working on that too. I just did a podcast on that. Actually, we, uh, we spent a day, two days with David Green, the founder of Hobby Lobby and, uh, incredible like generational wealth vehicles and stuff we were talking about. But anyways, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's like, Oh, like people have kids versus not have kids. Like it was a lot easier to run my business when I didn't have kids. (laughs)
1: right <laughs>
0: yeah like there's an emotional energy pull right there's a time pull yeah. but but i i want to have relationship with them and i that part of my life fills me up in in, in with wealth that's not in a bank account right so mm. you, you know it's a t- it's always like a tug of war I, I don't call it a balance i call it a rhythm i think life's a rhythm i think you find your rhythm It'll it's going to shift as the seasons Change and you move into a new song and you go to the, the 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 build up to the drop of the EDM song, right? Like there's rhythms, <laughs> there's a rhythm to life, and it's like, but if you just count out all of those pieces, like, okay, so you drove and you were the most successful guy, you neglected your marriage, and now you're divorced and you lost half your money. Was that mm-hmm. worth it? I, probably not. It seems kind of counterintuitive to success as well, right? And then you yeah. build up all this wealth and then you have no one that you've poured into and no children, no other people that you've poured into that could steward it beyond your generation, yeah. right? So I, I think like, yeah, like ex- expand your time horizon on earth, but I, I exp- my, my time horizons expands into eternity. And so, and so the stuff that I do, like I want to store up treasure on earth, but also in heaven. And, and I, want, I want my kids to be on that journey with me. And whether they're entrepreneurs or not, um, it, it doesn't really matter to me. But just the 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 fruit of my life to come out of my office—I'd say come home. I used to go to an office; I had a big old building, but that the, those days are over for me. I'm like, I like the home office. I like my commute up the stairs. But I come out yes. of my <laughs> office. I come out of my office, and I got a kid that two kids that run up and 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 scream and want my time and my attention and energy and hug me. It's like. I mean, there's just no way to, um, to put that in a, in a bucket that you Mm -mm. can measure. And, uh, and I think that the lie, the lie of self, the pride of life, right. That's, that's the lie. And and that's when you say like hustle culture, I, I, the lie is the pride of life. It's the pride of look what I did. Look who I am. Look what I've accomplished. And, and, and the pride of life, I think robs you of some of the biggest joys of life, if that mm-hmm. becomes your sole focus, right? And you sacrifice everything to get there and to drive that lie. I think that's the lie that's being sold in the entrepreneur world is like, sacrifice everything, your ego, your pride, everything's efficiency. Like, look, I'm all about it. I've I've had 150 employees. I've had massive teams. Like my output for my time and my leverage was massive and I'm building another business now, right? And so, but the output of time will never be the same. And so I look at it like, eh, you know, like my efficiency of time, I'm going to drive as much as possible, but the output just won't be there. And I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah. I think that's so powerful, especially that messaging in today's world, especially what entrepreneurs face. And I th- honestly, I think, I think parents face this in general, like whether you're an entrepreneur or not, of course, whenever you're trying to build a business, there's all this stuff going on. Hey, Powerful Parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events, testing your patients, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email. And I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar and my kids decorated it. And that's where we put all of our questions. And that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now. And I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com now back to the show I feel like today there's so many distractions not only for our children but for us on what we need to have what it needs to look like you know how we need to show up and I think the question that we all need to ask ourselves in alignment with what you're saying is you know where do we want to be at the end of the race right what what do we really want our journey to look like and not to lose sight of that in the midst of the journey and it's so easy to do especially whenever you're in business and Things get crazy and you have some huge wins or a huge downfall where everything's actually really terrible. And you think, well, you have to lean in really hard and and you're not necessarily, you never come out of it and find that rhythm back with your family where you lean in, but you never lean back out so that you spend the time where it needs to be spent. And so I think it's such a powerful, powerful message. I want to ask you, what are you uh, and Kaylin doing right now as far, or what are your thoughts? I know your kids are still young. But what are your thoughts on technology in the home? Like, do you do do your girls have an iPad? And again, I I I don't know if you know this or not, but there's no judgment here. Like we're just trying to like, what are <laughs> what are other people doing here? If they've got an iPad and they're on it, like, but what what are you guys seeing and what are you looking out for the future whenever it comes to this Goliath that's very apparent in our lives of technology?
0: Yeah, I love the judgment thing when you bring up the iPads. Cause no judgment. before <laughs> I had kids, it was like you'd see like a family and they're out to dinner and like and like, you know, there's two kids and there's a mom and a dad, and like the two kids are like just sitting there locked in on iPads, and you're like, what the heck? Like uh, and so and then well, you're crazy
1: when the whole family is on a
0: device, like the parents yeah, are on their
1: phones, that's the kids a are different device. Yeah, that's a different like, level. Oh no.
0: Yeah. If yeah. I look over and everybody's on a device, I'm like, there's some judgment there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what are y'all doing here? You could have just done happening? that at home, you know? <laughs> or yeah. I'm like, hey, maybe like you never know they could there could be a massive business problem they had to distract their kids and like focus on something or like you never know but anyway for us i'm like now if we go out to eat and my kids are acting crazy and i can give them an ipad and they can like just sit and i can like breathe for a second and have a meal out right because i don't when you have young kids you don't go out to eat like that's not like a vacation that's not like a-
1: <laughs> No, it's not the that's trip. The,
0: there's trips. Yeah, there's trips and there's vacations, right? It's, so technology is interesting. I think for, for us, yeah, they, they both have iPads. And the reason they have iPads is because they're full of games and they're full of learning games. And I'm like, I want them to understand technology. I don't want them to be like behind or not understand it. And it's, it's, it's so incredible. If you watch a two, three, four-year-old navigate an iPad, it's oh, mind boggling yeah. how like fast they pick it up and like figure it out but they have iPads and they have games on them. And, uh, and, and really it's for us, we limit the time for like just TV watching stuff. Right. And like, that's a whole different category. Like I have to find, I have to download specific apps. So I don't have messaging and theology being poured into my children from mainstream production studios. So that's a whole different story, but They have specific apps that have shows on them that I approve of, that my wife and I approve of, and we'll give them about an hour a day to do it. Like, Hey, you go to school all day, you come home and like, you just want to chill out and watch a show for an hour. Like I do that. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm fine with that. Decompress. But but really it's not more than that unless they're sick and we just need them to like chill. So I'm not against technology, but my kids will not have social media. It'd be a long time before they have social media. Long time. Yeah. Right. Right. They social media, any, anything, any of it, it's just like, everyone knows everyone is experiencing it themselves personally. At some stage, you'll be go through a season where you're like, I just spent 45 minutes scrolling and I'm depressed because I just watched everyone else's highlight reel. And now I'm comparing my life to everybody else and all of the things that are lacking in my life. Right. Like that's just like innately what it does. Right. And so, especially in the business world. Right it's just like oh, yeah. everyone's one-upping everyone and uh and so it's weird creating content cuz like i don't I, I like literally try not to consume any like i try to <laughs> like read instead of scroll whole different world right whole but, different world yes but i think that we have to have our ki- i think i think it's a mistake not to acclimate kids to technology and you know i'm about to, to go into the ages where it's going to become more prevalent but like we do this thing, it's called the the stall timer. So like if my kids are misbehaving, right? And I, we finally figured this one out. It was so cool. I got this from a book. And so we like, if they're misbehaving or they're not listening, it's like, all right, we're, start, we're starting the stall timer. And so if it's showtime, like you get 55 minutes instead of 60. And so, or we'll have them like, oh, dessert comes out and you got to watch your sister eat dessert for five minutes before you can start, right? <laughs> so- so I leverage technology a little bit because it's, if they, if it's what they're super into that week yeah. and what they like, they have the show they want to watch, like I'll leverage that to help them learn to behave better in a way that I feel like is constructive. So yeah, I, I think all around, like, but you just have to be so careful now. You have to be so careful about what you expose your kids to. Yeah. The ideals, the ideologies, the philosophies, the content, Like I've seen like I'll be out at a restaurant like the other day I was out at a restaurant and there was like a waiting area at this rest at this this restaurant and there was this kid sitting there and this kid was like super overweight like this kid was super overweight and he's like probably 11 12 years old and just just scrolling TikTok. like and you're just like Mm. like just everything about his energy his presence and that's when I'm just like. You've got to put boundaries around these things because it's basically giving your kids drugs, and they have no yes. mechanism to to manage it and to handle it handle
1: that, yeah, and there is i mean online gaming industry alone is one hundred and ninety two billion, and that's literally the majority like it's focused on our kids and you know some some also sorry me and, year and old a kid who, I'm you with know, you. like
0: I was playing like, yes. I clocked yeah, like it's... 500 hours on a on an online game when I was in middle school. It's like all I wanted to do. Like I would fake sick from yep. school to stay home. But like to to be in my defense though, like the game was more stimulating than my school.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> and you so know, that's still the case. Yeah. That's still the case in so many different circumstances though. Um, I, Part of my journey and my story with my husband is, you know, we were both gamers. We played yeah. MMORPGs. We did oh, like World yeah. of Warcraft oh, and Lineage that. and like. All of those, and my husband uh, is incredibly good at these games, like strategic mind, you know, seasoned gamer pro, right? And we went through this season of time where we were actually overseas as missionaries in Thailand. and whenever, you know, we were there, there was like culture shock, but we really experienced some reverse culture shock when you come back from being on the mission field and then you you're in America and there's this consumerism and you're detached from just so much of what was your home. And mm. it was crazy. And so there was this time period where also to what my husband was doing. And, uh, there was just so much on our plates. And so, you know, you can win on the game, you know, he is good at that. He could lead a raid with, you know, uh, all the people of his guild. I know it sounds so yeah. geeky, but you know what I mean? Like 20, 30 people going on a raid and he's leading and tanking and doing all these things. And there's real skill, real communication, real strategy. And it's like in the heart of every man. And I believe in the heart of every woman, there's this thing of saying like, where's the battle that I can fight for? You know, what is the thing that I can do that I'm called here for? Where's my significance? You know, and we're, we're like, where is it? And sometimes people and men and kids are looking around. And if it's a man or a woman in, in a nine to five job, and they can't find the thing that to fight for. So we get lulled into comfort, into all these things. And then you also have kids who are are the same thing. Like if, if they're taught to be consumers and they will be consumers instead of being producers. Right. And so like being able to talk to our children around, how do we, how do we actually show up in life? Is it okay to consume? Yeah, a little bit, but like, let's keep this in perspective. Let's be producers in our life. Let's see what, what, what kind of fruit are we producing or are we just taking on all the water and all the sunshine and we're not producing any fruit. Like what does it actually look like in our lives? And I think there's nothing wrong with teaching our kids that same thing because otherwise what the world teaches is consumed because the world is run by commercialism. Mm-hmm. Right. And so everybody wants us to consume and buy the thing and watch the thing and get all these ads. And that's in the absence of our leadership and the culture and, and, and setting culture in our home, our kids are going to go the way of culture, of whatever they get access to. And so I think it's so phenomenal that you are being so intentional around for one, what are our kids consuming? What are we allowing? What are the messages that are being put in into our children and and not being passive about that? And what would you say? Because I can, I can just hear in my head that the people who might be listening, like who has time for all this, who has time to figure out, you know, my kids should be watching this. My kids shouldn't be watching that. Or, um, you know, I need to watch and make sure they aren't doing this or aren't doing that. And, um, tell me what you, you would say to that. If someone's listening and they're like,
0: how do you even, I'm like, you spent nine months pregnant and you're going to spend 18 years raising this kid. I'm like, you, you can't afford to not spend the time. Like what's the alternative, right? Like you're going to spend what years in therapy and like, Like they're they're completely derailed. They're unfocused. They they have no ambition. They're emotionally robbed. They don't have they don't know how to have relationships. Like if you just leave kids to their own devices and they're they have technology unhinged, they're just literally going to become like they're just going to sink into the couch. (laughs) Like so, I I I think you you can't afford not to do it. Like in terms of time, yeah, right. You're just going to sow a little bit now and reap it later versus versus the opposite and it taking, I don't know how much money in therapy and, and unwinding. And then, yeah, I mean, it's, and, and gut wrenching, it.
1: heart-wrenching things that can yeah,
0: come out of that. Yeah. It. I mean, it's all 100%. time. It's like, no, you just prior it's priority. Right. It's like, that's an excuse for laziness. Yeah, I'm like, if you're like, you don't have time for your children. Like, what do you have time for? What are you doing instead? Like watching your own television show. Yep. Is that why you don't have time to like, research oh oh, i'm sorry i have to like type in google like great tv shows with these values right i'm like come on it's just just an excuse it's just it's laziness i i have to agree with you brandon and and and, you know i'm like (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, 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 I I'm, I'm I believe we should be direct when we're talking about this because it's that important, right? We don't need to beat around the bush at all. We need to be very direct around what's true and what's not. I think that sometimes people just don't recognize because it's almost like people put blinders on or they get lulled into to rhythms that keep them away from paying attention. And so as a result of that, their kids suffer. And, uh, people don't tend to take things seriously. And so I think they don't even recognize themselves as being quote unquote lazy. It's these blinders that cause them to have these excuses as to why they do what they do. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, I've been there, I have literally been in a season of my life where, well, I've got this going on and I have this going on. Like, I just, it's okay if they just play games a little bit longer or it's this way and that,
0: and and maybe for a short season, it's fine. But then at some point,
1: right. Yeah. Exactly. But then, but then you come back around, you circle back around and you say, All right, that was a season. Yeah. Whew. All right. What are we going to do to reclaim this? What are we going to do to reclaim the time, the connection, and all of that? And so, yeah, it, yeah, we definitely get lazy. And, and I think it's, and I love, I love, love, love your, your perspective on that. And I think it's a wake up call. And I think that's what, I think that's what this podcast is all about. It's like, Hey, let's, let's, sh- it's not about being a perfect parent, it's about showing up powerfully in our kids' lives one day at a time because they deserve it, right? And like, we're the ones that get to shepherd their hearts, that get to, you know, walk alongside them in this life and like how much, How? how what a great responsibility and, you know, Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility, right? And so I love that so much. Thank you so much for that. I know you mentioned earlier that you and Kaylin actually have a podcast. I want to make sure anybody who might have missed that, that you know the name of the podcast. You can go check it out because I love it. It's called Big Business Mistakes. And um, I've just, I've loved the episodes that I've gotten to listen to. And I want to encourage you guys to go check it out and take a listen there too. And we're kind of coming up on the hour. So Brandon, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to to wrap it up with um, two things. One, I would love for you to take a second. And like, if there's some entrepreneurial parents listening today, or just parents in general, what would be your admonishment or your encouragement to them as they're listening today with everything we've covered? And lastly, I just want to make sure we tell everybody how to connect with you and and what kind of resources you have for them. But yeah, Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah.
0: I think that I think what we talked about today, there's a lot tactical. I think that, like, you know, you know, in your mind that you need to be intentional. Um, but I think I want to just hit on that last piece, which is what's the cost if you don't? Right. Like, what's the cost if you don't? Right. Like, you're going to look back. You're never going to look back in your life and be like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have put more effort and energy into my children when they're gone. Right. I've asked, I've asked so many mothers this question, like, if you could go back, would you have another one? And they always tell me yes. They're like, yeah, like in my heart, like I probably would have had another kid, right? And so like, what's the cost if you don't? And so for the dads out there, like wake up, step up and man up and do not be a babysitting dad. Like be a front row dad, right? Because you're gonna regret it. It's gonna take longer, but it's about laying down yourself and what you want. Like, yeah, it's easier for me to be like, oh, I'm gonna do my sauna and my cold plunge and my workout and my reading and all my like stuff for me and my ambitions and my goals, and then just skip the part where I spent intentional time with my kid and didn't teach her how to ride her bike, didn't go out with her on the scooter, didn't go in the backyard and play with the soccer ball. Like you're going to lose that opportunity forever if you don't do it. And so I I, I look at it like the cost of not doing it is, is the, the regret And like, they're going to be gone. Like this one phase of your life, right? Like if you live 80 years and you spend 20 years raising kids, right? That's a quarter, quarter of your life. That's it. Just a quarter. And business will always be there. There's always going to be another sale, another comma, another zero. I've done $200 million in revenue. Like I've done commas and zeros. Okay. There's no comma or zero. That's going to fill the gap. when you're trying to talk to your daughter or your son and one day they're not gonna want your attention. They're not gonna wanna talk to you. They're gonna grow, they're gonna grow up and if you don't sow into them now, they're not gonna ha- wanna have anything to do with you, right? They're gonna resent you. And like, that's the cost of not yeah. being intentional now. And like, that's cost is too much for me. And I think it's too much for, for the people listening too. Like, that's why, like you're listening to a parenting podcast, you are ahead of 99%. Of people right now. And so I hope that you can glean from this, that like get a rhythm, like treat your relationship with your children and your spouse for that fact in the same systematic way that you would treat your business, right? You have a plan, you have a meeting, you have intention, you have goals. Like if you have no plan, no meetings, no intention, no goals, and you want, and you want to have, you want to be a better parent, It's like wishing to build a business without any of those things. It's not gonna happen, right? And so I would just encourage everybody listening that it all boils down to like, go get a strategy. There's a million of them out there, right? Put it on your calendar Mm -hmm. and then consistently do it over time. It's not harder than that. Like It doesn't need to be four hours a day, right? Like I spend an intentional hour to an hour and a half with my children each day and that's it. Right, but that that gives me everything I need. I'm filled up. They're filled up. Like more than that, they're like sick of me, and I'm sick of them. Right, like you know, like that's (laughs) that's a weekday. Right, on weekends we do stuff in the mornings and Saturdays, and like we go out as a family on the boat and like like design your life to like fit and and create uh create that connection as a family. I don't think you're going to regret it at all. And then your second question, just connecting with us, um, yeah, our podcast is awesome. Like we. We dive deep in business, right? Kaelin and I have done billions of views. We just sold our company. We help seven and eight figure founder led companies grow and scale because we've done it ourselves. And uh, and so we talk about a lot of the dirty, messy, kind of hilarious. Honestly, our podcast is a lot of Kaelin heckling me. So if you want to hear me get heckled <laughs> by my wife, it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> so yeah. So I think, I think yeah. that's the best way to connect with us right now. We're on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff, but. Uh, I think that's definitely the best way.
1: Awesome. And also too, you had mentioned that you had a um, 360 degree business oh, yeah, audit, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah a thanks resource for reminding for, me. Yeah. So
0: if you go to theenterpriseceo.com, uh, like the bottom bar there. So I, I created this, this audit. I was on a plane. It was like a three hour plane ride. And I was just like, what are all the most important things for a business to have and like check the box on that? Like if you're missing one could be a pretty big hole and what are all the opportunities for a business if they don't have them. And so it's holistic. It goes over sales, marketing, compliance, operations, team, all of these components that come together. And it's like over a hundred different things. And so it's an audit that you can just read it, answer the question and kind of rate where you're at. So yeah, if you want to, if you want to grab that, you just download it for free, uh, that that's our, our free give and, um, Yeah, it was. uh, I'm always like, I gotta add more to it, but it's like a lot. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's a lot. Like it it goes through a lot. So so people, I got a a DM the other day. They're like, "This is so good," and I was like, "I was like, yes." So, so that's super fun.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We'll make sure to have that listed in the show notes, so you can go check that out, and also a link over to their podcast as well. But Brandon, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. It means the world, and thank you so much for just deciding and choosing every day to show up how you're showing up and, and, and choosing to show up online. And even though you're not over there consuming all of the social media, you're putting the content out there and it's making an impact and just really appreciate you, man.
0: Stephanie, it was a pleasure. And for you guys listening, like you were bringing some amazing people on here, like keep listening, make sure you're subscribed, go leave her a review, right? Like go, go right now, Please leave Stephanie a review and just drop like the biggest takeaway that you had? What was like the one thing that you took away? You're like, oh, I can go implement that right now. Just one. And then leave it as a review because parents need to hear what's on here.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Brandon. We'll see you guys next time. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing. I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at PowerfulParenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it and you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.